You're listening to the Midtown Church Sermon Podcast. Midtown Church is a family loved and served by God, compelled to love and serve each other and Austin with God. Learn more at midtownaustin.org. Well, good morning, everyone. How you doing? That good. Glad, glad like five of y'all are doing all right. Um, if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Jake Box. I'm lead pastor here at Midtown Church, and so glad that you're joining us, especially if, you, if you're new. I hope you feel really, you know, welcomed and encouraged this morning in our time together. So we're going to continue the series we've been in the last few weeks. We'll actually wrap it up next week, but the series has been, uh, What Makes You Happy? What Makes You Happy? And this morning, we're going to talk about something that all of us, I believe, to one degree or another, believe will make us happy, whether we'll, you know, we readily admit it or not, and that thing is Money. 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 Now, no matter how many times you've heard it said, money will not make you happy. I think all of us, like there's a part of us that will say like, yeah, there's probably some truth to that statement. But then there's maybe a larger part of us that says, "Um, yeah, I don't think that's, I don't think that's right. Like, uh, you know, money, money won't make you happy. Whenever someone says that to me, I'm like, "Um, hmm, try me. Right? Like if that's your hypothesis and you want to test that theory, I'll volunteer. Where do I sign up to find out if money will make me happy? I'm happy. You give me money and we'll see if it makes me happy. I'm, I'm all about that test. Because all of us believe that some, some degree or another, there is a connection between money and happiness. Right? I mean, of course, we would just say basics, like you just have enough money to, to, to meet your you know, basic needs, to put a roof over your head and, and clothes on your body and food on your table. It was like, that's helpful. Those are good things, right? And we all know that, that, that money in the bank brings a little peace to the mind, right? You ever had that moment where you check, <laughs> check the bank and uh, it's just like you overdrafted like four times? Anyone, college students? Yeah, can I get an amen? That happened to me in college many times. It, no peace in the mind when no money in the bank. But so money, it's, it's a good thing. We know that there is this kind of connection between money and happiness. So when it comes to the question, what makes you happy? We say money to some degree, in some way, it's got to make you happy. But here's, here's where we go wrong. And what I want to drill down on this morning is that most of us assume that the connection, really the strongest connection between money and happiness is summed up in these two words. Here they are. Getting more. That's what we think. That when it comes to money and happiness, the strongest connection is is summed up there. Getting more. More. And so we think, man, if I could just get more money, I would be more happy, right? Or if I could, if I had more money, I would be happier. So we think, man, I gotta get, I gotta get more, I gotta get more, I gotta get more. But here's here's a question. I want you to think about this. You don't have to answer out loud, but just you know, take a minute and actually answer it. How much more? How much more money would you need to be happier? How much more money would you need to be happy? Think about it. Now, here's here's what's interesting. And I I might be assuming too much, but I think I know your answer. I think I know your answer, even for those in here who have very, very little money. I think I know the answer for those who have some money. And I think I know the answer for those who have a ton of money. Like, if we knew how much money you had, we would be like, well, what did you do to make all that money? Even all of you, no matter little, some, a lot, I think I know your answer. Here it is. 
I think it's more than you currently have. <laughs> now, here's what's interesting about this. No matter how much you have, little, some, or a lot, this is the answer. More than you currently have. And, and <laughs> it's true about whatever car you drive, wherever you live, whatever you live in, whatever vacations you can afford, whatever kind of clothes you can buy. If you think that the strongest connection between money and happiness is summed up in getting more, your answer will always be the same as Ebenezer Scrooge's. To be happy, I have to have more. I have to get more. Now, here's something that's pretty interesting. I came across this article uh, this week in Forbes magazine. It, was, came, it came out just uh, last year. And um, the article said, quotes this, this uh, study done by uh, Northwestern University, which they measured the happiness levels of what they called regular people against those who had won large lottery prizes the year prior. Okay? <laughs> so you get this. Got to get it in your mind. Regular people, people who won the lottery just a year ago, a year prior. And here's what they found. The, quote, the, quote a line from the article. The researchers were surprised to discover that the happiness ratings of both groups were practically identical. And I pulled this incredibly well-put-together graph straight from that website, and here's where it is. Regular people, lottery winners. There is a slight uptick, if you can tell, but that's, that's it. Is that not wild? Because if, if that isn't proof that getting more money isn't really the strong connection with getting more happiness, man, I don't know what is. And guys, you know this. We know this, Right? And we all know people who have more money than we do that are not happy. And we all know people who have even more money than those people who are not happy. And chances are you know people who have less money than you have that are happy. Why is that? Well, it's because the strongest connection between money and happiness isn't getting more. It's two other words. It's giving away. Giving away. That the strongest connection between money and happiness really comes together in the words giving away, giving away your money. Now, I know that you're in a church service, you're listening to a pastor, and I'm telling you that giving away money will make you happy, and that's suspect, all right? I get that. I, I know, I know that, I know that. But <laughs> let me just be honest with you. I am suspicious of this. Like, I'm putting this message together, and I'm thinking, really? Like, <laughs> that just sounds crazy. Like, I have to be really honest. I've wrestled with God this week about this because I don't know if I really fully believe it. And I just want to be honest with you about that. I have a, tr I have, I have a problem believing this, that happiness is found more in giving away money than getting money. I don't I mean, if you, my family, we like to play the would you rather game, and we do that all the time, would you rather, would you rather. If we were playing the would you rather game and you asked me, would I rather you give me $100 or me give you $100? I'm going to say you give me $100. And if there's anyone in this room who would rather give me $100, come talk to me after the service. We, we can play that game together. It would be awesome. But, like, this is hard. This is hard for me to believe. But do you know why we can believe it? Because it's what Jesus said. 
fact, in Acts chapter 20, verse 25, the apostle Paul is speaking to his friends, and he quotes Jesus. And here's what he says. In Acts 20, verse 25, you are all very familiar with this statement. Perhaps some of you don't know that it's actually from the Bible, but here it is. The Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Y'all have heard that before, right? It's more blessed to give than to receive. And we've heard that over and over again. Here's what's interesting. Though this is a famous statement, it's actually not a great translation of the actual statement. Because this word right here, blessed, if you remember from the very first message in this series, I talked about this word. That in the Greek, that word is the word makarios. And makarios literally means happy. That we translate it blessed because back in the 1600s with the King James Version of the Bible, they translated it blessed. And blessed at that time in the 1600s, blessed meant happy. But now it means favored. And so, but for some other reason, we keep saying the word blessed because it's a famous statement. And it's just stuck in our heads. So we stayed with, it's more blessed to give than receive. But really, truly, this word means happy. And so Eugene Peterson, when he's putting together his translation, modern-day translation of the Bible, uh, he translates this in a more accurate way when he says this. Our master said, you're far happier giving than getting. Then our master said, you're far happier giving than getting. Now, <laughs> I, like probably most of you, grew up hearing this. My parents told me this. All the time, Christmas morning's coming, we're saying this statement. It's more blessed to give than receive. You're far happier giving than getting. And I'll tell you, I did not believe them. Not one time. And it's not one Christmas morning where I was coming down the stairs or walking into the living room, and I was more excited about watching other people open their presents than me opening mine. It just didn't, didn't happen. But now it's funny is that I'm a parent, and I'm trying to pass this on to my kids, and, and it's hard. I mean, I, this past May... Uh, Mother's Day was approaching, and <laughs> this is great. Uh, Camp comes up to me and says, uh, Camp's, Camp's nine years old, and he says, Dad, I've been saving my money, and I want to buy Mom something for Mother's Day. Can you take me to Target in the next couple of days? And I'm like, full of pride. Like, yeah, man, I'm nailing this parenting thing. This is, this is awesome. Way to go, bud. And I'm affirming him and all that stuff. And so a couple days later, I take him, I take, uh, I take Enoch to Target, and they run to the Pokemon aisle because that's what they always do. And they run over there, and I'm thinking, that's fine. They can look at that stuff. But then the next thing I know, Camp's coming to me, and he's got like these three packs, and he's like, Dad, they came out with a new thing. I got to get this. And can I please buy it? Can I please? I have enough money. I have enough money. I'm like, like whoa, bud. Like, aren't we here to buy your mom something for Mother's Day? And he just says, I'm serious. He just says, you know, I was just thinking that mom really likes it when I draw her pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Mom got a picture for Mother's Day. <laughs> he not quite got the whole, it's far happier giving than getting. And as we have a hard time believing that this is true. But you know what's really, really interesting? Is that uh, scientific research of the last couple years has actually affirmed Jesus' statement again and again and again and again. 
Now, I want to share some of these articles with you, and this might get a little bit overkill. So I'm going to be looking at your faces to see if I'm losing you. I want to glaze over. But I want us, like, Jesus said it. We should believe it for that. But I want you to see that we don't just, like, like what science has done is they have just, you know, no surprise here, but affirmed that what Jesus said actually is true. Like, for, here's one article from the New York Times, September 2017. The article is entitled Giving Proof, and the article will be this way. It says, the adage says it's better to give than to receive, but is it really? Recently, a neurological study published in Nature Communications and conducted by the University of Zurich found there may be some biological truth to the maxim after all. The study showed that generosity changed the activity, hear this, in people's brains in ways that increase feelings of happiness. Now, the article goes on to explain all of the details, and I'm going to spare you that. But if you want to look it up, New York Times article is called The Giving Proof. So there you go. That's one. Changes your brain. Worth noting. Let me give you another article. Uh, this one's published in, in uh, The Guardian, and it's entitled The Path to Happiness, and where they cite a different study. Here's what this article says. It says, money may not buy you love, but it might buy you happiness if you spend it in the right way, U.S. researchers say. In studies, they found that the old adage, it's better to give than to receive, is correct. Spending money on others or giving to charity puts a bigger smile on your face than buying things for yourselves. The article goes on to quote Michael Norton, a professor at Harvest, um, Har Harvest, Harvard, <laughs> Harvard Business School. And in it, he says, most people would think that if you make more money, you know, getting more, you are going to be a lot happier. Our results and a lot of other people's results show that making more money makes you a little bit happier. Remember the awesome chart? A little bit happier. But doesn't really have a huge impact on you. On the other hand, our studies suggest little changes in how you spend your money on others make a much larger difference. The article ends with him with a different quote. And I love this, how he sums it up. He just says, so instead of buying yourself a coffee, buy your friend a coffee. And that might actually make you a happier person. Okay, you still with me? Let me, give you, let me give you another one. The Huffington Post, in their article, The Benefits of Generosity, they, they, they share a, a ton of different studies. There's links all throughout this. And again, if you want to look this up, you can just Google it, the benefits of generosity, Huffington Post. Here's what it says. Year after year, more and more studies are highlighting the benefits of generosity on both our physical and mental health. Scientific studies now show generosity, here this, reduces stress, supports one's physical health, enhances one's sense of purpose, naturally fights depression, and, here's a kicker, increases one's lifespan. I love this. The article says, if a longer, less stressful, and more meaningful life is not enough to inspire you to rev up your practice of generosity, consider that generosity also promotes a social connection and improves relationships. According to Jason Marsh and Jill Study of the Greater Good Science Center, when we give to others, we don't only make them feel closer to us, we feel closer to them. This is because being generous and kind encourages, encourages us to perceive others in a more positive light and fosters a feeling of interconnectedness. It's far happier to give 
than to receive. Far happier giving than giving. Let me give you one more. Can you, this is it, this last one, but here. One more that not, cites a whole different study. This is from Psychology Today. Psychology Today article says, research by social psychologist Liz Dunn and her colleagues appearing in the journal Science shows that people's sense of happiness is greater when they spend relatively more on others than on themselves. In one survey of over 600 U.S. citizens, Dunn and colleagues found that spending money on others predicted greater happiness, whereas spending money on oneself did not. And this pattern was found across all income levels. In other words, even those with little money reported greater happiness when their proportion of spending on others relative to self was greater. As, as it turns out, Jesus was ahead of his time. That 2,000 years ago, he said what science is now confirming over and over and over again is more blessed to give than to receive. You're far happier giving than giving. Now, let me, let me just take a little bit of a side note here because <laughs> um, one of my high horses, if you will, is this, that we often think that God's commands are are there as obstacles impeding us, keeping us from finding happiness. And guys, this is just another example of a myriad of examples that that is absolutely not true. That God's commands are not obstacles impeding our happiness. They are actually signposts pointing the way towards our happiness. And the reason why is because God is good. And since God is good, his way is best. Because God is good, his way is best. Because God is good, his way is best. And as what you see here, when God calls us to be generous people, that's not at our expense. That is for his glory as we reflect what he is like, our generous God, and it's for our good. Because it is far better to give than it is to receive. His way points us, his commands point us to the way of happiness. That's why Psalm 1, verse 1, the very first psalm in the whole book of Psalms begins this way. says, how happy is the man who does not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path of sinners or join a group of mockers. Instead, he delight, his delight is in the Lord's instruction and he meditates on it day and night. Or just simply put, how happy is the man whose delight is in the Lord's instruction. And he meditates it on day and night. How happy is the woman who meditates on God's instruction, whose delight is in God's commands. How happy, because God is good, his way is best. Okay, so let me get off my high horse, but I just hope that you would believe that, okay? But that's what we see when it comes to this. This is why it's true that when it comes to money and happiness, they intersect the most strongly, not in getting more, but giving it away. But if that's true, then why is it so hard to give our money away? <laughs> right? I mean, it's so hard to give money away. Why, why, why is that the case? I mean, if, if it's, that's really what makes you happier, 
then wouldn't it follow like we would do that more often and you wouldn't have to be told to do it. You would just do it because, you know, that's what's awesome. And, you know, why is it so hard? Well, here's why, friends. If I boil it down to one statement, it would be this. It's really hard to give away the thing that your hope is in. It's really hard to give away the thing that your hope is in. And it is so common. It's so common for us, for Americans, <laughs> for us to place our hope in our money, to place specifically our hope for security in our money, to place our hope for satisfaction in our money, to place our hope for comfort in our money, to place our hope for approval in our money. Like if I can buy the right clothes, if I can drive the right thing, if I can eat at the right places, I'll impress these people. To, 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 to place our hope for significance or power in our money. It's so common to do that. But if your hope is in your money, then you will not give it away. You just won't. It wouldn't make sense to give that away. That's where your hope is. And so here's, here's the thing. This is what's really interesting, fascinating to me, is that when it comes down to the fundamental issue, why it's hard to give our money away, it has much less to do with how much money you have and much more to do with how much hope you've placed into your money. Way less to do about how much you have how much, much more to do with how much hope your money, how much of your hope your money has. That's why Paul, writing to his friend and disciple Timothy, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, we looked at this two weeks ago, he says this. Let me read it again. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their what? Their hope in wealth which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. That's the reason why he would have to tell us not to put our hope in wealth is because that is common. You don't have to warn people to do something that they're never going to do. You know, don't juggle machetes. No, you don't have to tell me that. I'm not going to do that. But don't put your hope in wealth. Oh, man, I need to hear that because that is what I'm, it's common to do. Two weeks ago, we, we talked about idolatry. We said one of the number one things that will impede your happiness, one of the number one things that will rob you of your happiness is when you ask a good thing to do for you what it was never created to do for you. Then when you take a good thing and you try to make it into a God thing, that will rob you of your happiness. Then when you take a created thing and you worship it as if it's the creator, that will rob you of your happiness. And friends, when you put your hope in money, that's what you're doing. And it will rob you of your happiness because it is so uncertain. It can't provide you, not sufficiently, not stably, the security that you're looking for. It cannot provide you the approval, 
that you want. You have to just keep serving it and serving it and serving it, hoping that it will meet your demands one more time in order to stay up with whatever is cool, whatever's in fashion. It just can't satisfy your need for approval. It's so uncertain. It cannot provide you the comfort. It cannot provide you the significance. It cannot provide you the control that you really want it to, not in any kind of stable way. It's so uncertain. So this, put your hope in God who richly provides you with what? With everything. Do you see this word? In the Greek, that word means everything. It's really awesome. Everything. He richly provides you with everything for your enjoyment, which, guys, that includes money. That includes wealth. I mean, that's the context right here. But it also includes all those other things that we put our hope in money to provide us. It means God provides security. Security that is certain because he's the sovereign of the universe. God's the one who provides you with approval. He's the one who says, hey, in Christ, you put your faith in Jesus and his death and resurrection, you are approved. You are adopted. You are righteous. He's the one who provides you with significance. You want to know how significant you are? God of the universe died for you. That's how significant you are. He's the one who provides you with everything for your enjoyment. And when your hope is in him and not in money, that frees you to be able to enjoy money at its max capacity, which is found when giving it away. <laughs> That's where they, can, they intersect. That's where they connect to the greatest way. You can give it away when it's not where your hope is, which is why what Paul says very next verse. This is verse 17, verse 18. This is where he goes. He says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. So God's the one who richly provides you with money for your enjoyment, so give it away. <laughs> give it away. Make sure to give some of it away because, man, that's if you really want to enjoy it, then that's where the enjoyment is found. It's, it's as if that's Paul's argument. And, man, you can do that when it's not where your hope is. So how do you know if your hope is in money or if your hope is in God? How do you know? Well, here's, here's what's interesting. In Luke chapter 16, verse 13, Jesus speaks into that, and he frames that question in an unsettling way. But here, here's what he says. Luke 16, verse 13, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, what that means in Jesus' way of thinking, which we should pay attention to because he's God, all right? So let's just like at least try to see. Like, in his way of thinking, there are two masters telling you what to do. And where we would think, okay, with two masters, okay, there, there's the good angel and there's the, and there's the bad angel. There's, there's, there's God and there's the devil or there's God and sin. Jesus says, no, 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 he, he, let, me, let, me, let me tell you. Here are the two masters. It's God and money. It's God and money. They're both trying to tell you what to do. And you will not be able to serve both of them. 
You will only be able to love and be devoted to one of them. So how do you know which one you truly love, which one you're devoted to, which one is calling the shots? How do you know where your hope, which one your hope is in? Guys, practically speaking, the easiest way to know which one is your master is to identify which one you serve. Which one you let call the shots and you obey. So if you do what God says to do with your money, then God is your master. If you let God tell you what to do with your money, then he's your master. But if you don't do what God says with your money, then money is your master. So when God says over and over and over and over again in Scripture, I want you to give some of your money away. I want, to give, I want you to give some of your money away to support the ministry of the gospel, the ministry of your church family, the ministry of the advancement of the kingdom. When I want you to give some of your money away to care for the poor, to care for the marginalized, to care for the orphan and the refugee. When I want you to give some of your money away to meet the needs of others, when I want you to be generous, when I want you to be willing to share, 1 Timothy 6 18. This is what I want you to do. And not just when you're asked, and not just when you see the commercial and it pulls on your heartstrings, but regularly practicing generosity, regularly giving your, some of your money away. If money comes in, you say, you're not my master. I'm going to show you you're not my master because I'm going to give you some, some of you away. When you're doing that, and that's your regular flow, then you are obeying God when it comes to to your money, and your money is not your master. Your money is not where your hope is, and therefore you love God and hate your money. And you're devoted to God, and you despise your money. But friends, the opposite is true as well. If, if you don't give your money away, if you don't regularly have a practice of practicing generosity and giving some of your money away, this is really harsh. Like, I struggled. Like, I argued with Jesus this week reading this and just studying this. Like, God, you, Jesus, you talk in such extremes. Like, where's the middle ground? Come on. I mean, love and hate, devoted to and despised. But he says, no, no, no. You cannot serve two masters. And so if you don't obey God when it comes to your money, when you don't serve God when it comes to your money, then what you are doing is that you are hating God and loving your money. And you are devoted to your money and you despise God. Either your hope is in God who richly provides you everything for your enjoyment or your hope is in your money which is so uncertain. So what do we do with all this? Let me just try to sum it up, all right? The strongest connection between money and happiness is found in giving it away, not in getting more, okay? We talked about that. But what will keep you from experiencing that happiness, what will keep you, what will rob you of that kind of happiness is if your hope is in money because money is your master. So what do we do with all this? Well, back to the title of the series, What Makes You Happy? Here it is. 
Um, give some of your money away. I mean, when it comes to the area of money, if you want to be happy, the strongest connection comes with giving some of it away. Giving some away. I mean, as Jesus said, you are far happier giving than getting. So, friends, let's commit to serve the true master as generous people who regularly give money away. And guys, I want to just tell you, like, <laughs> my motivation in saying this is not to try to get you to give to Midtown. I will just quickly say, like, we talked about it in June. We were run a $17,000 deficit. We said, man, we need to pray and pray and pray that God will meet our needs. And we called y'all to do that. And, and guys, God has been answering that prayer. I'm mean, just excited to say, like, we, we made up a little bit of that in June. In July, we made up a huge chunk of that. That deficit is almost cut in half now. That's, that's God's answering prayer. Like, J- July, if you've been around here in July, we, we, it was the sparsest it's been all year long, and yet we had our highest giving month outside of December the whole year. Like, that's God doing that. So I'm not sitting here, like, in this desperate place of, like, I need you to give money, I need you to give away. That's not my motivation. My motivation in talking about this is this. I want you to be happy. I want you to be happy. And guys, happiness comes ultimately, as we've said throughout this whole series, from God. He is the source of happiness. And when he is your master, then you are on the path to happiness instead of having money be your master, which is so uncertain. And guys, when Jesus is your master, then you are also free to experience the greatest amount of happiness you can have when it comes to money. You'll be free to be able to give it away. And that also will help make you happy in the area of money. I want to tell you this. I want to encourage you with this because I want you to be happy. And guys, God tells us this in his word because he wants you to be happy, which is a bigger deal than me wanting you to be happy. And God wants you to be happy. This is where happiness is when it comes to money. It's strongest connection. It's giving it away, not getting more. So let me ask you plainly. If you're not already giving some of your money away regularly, will you begin this week? Will you? 15th is around the corner. You're going to get paid. Will you give some of that money away? And I'm not telling you how much. Just will you give some of it away? And I'm not telling you where. I'm just saying, will you give some of it away? I'll tell you, friends. <laughs> You'll be happy if you do. You'll be happy if you do. Okay, so we're going to wrap this up. Let me wrap up the message in a fitting way by um, asking the ushers to come forward. No, I'm just kidding. Now, I'm excited about getting to wrap up the sermon this way in that I, I, I want to, we're going to end it the same way we do every sermon around here. We're, we're going to take communion because taking communion is a perfect way to wrap this up because communion, what we remember when we come to the communion table is the very thing that will confirm in our hearts why Jesus is a much better master than our money. Because listen to this. If you fail your money, it will not forgive you. If you mismanage your money, it will not show you grace. 
you make a bad investment, you'll just be left with shame and embarrassment. But you're not getting a second shot. There is no loyalty to money. There's no faithfulness in money. Money makes a horrible master. But on the other hand, if you fail Jesus, in fact, if you hate him and despise him, he'll die for you. Think about Isaiah 53. It says this. Jesus, it describes Jesus, the servant, as being despised and rejected by mankind. We're told that he was despised and we held him in low esteem. And yet, he took up our pain and he bore our suffering. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Though we all, like sheep, have gone astray, each of us has turned to our own way. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Guys, who would you rather have as your master? Guys, this is what the true master is like. The true God of the universe. Your savior, your king, your master died for you when you despised and hated him. He died for me when I despised and hated him. And in his death, he bore payment for our sins. And in his resurrection, he defeated sin and death and made the way for us to be made new again. And when you put your faith in him alone for the forgiveness of your sins to reconcile you to God, you are promised that you are forever secure. And no one can ever pluck you out of the Father's hand. That nothing can separate you from the love of God. And when you place your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you are promised that you are approved in Christ and you are wrapped, hidden in his righteousness. You cannot add to that. There's nothing you can do to make yourself better and more beautiful. It's gifted to you. You are significant. You are beautiful. You are approved. As this is our master. He's way better than money. Love him. Serve him. And when you do, you'll be freed to experience the happiness that comes in giving instead of getting. So the communion table is up and open for you in the front and the back. If anyone has placed their faith in Christ alone, you've made that decision, you, what you're remembering here in broken body and the, uh, and, the, and the cup signifying Jesus' blood spilled for you, if that's what you are remembering, you really believe that, then we want you to come and take communion. If you've never believed that, then I'd encourage you to use this time even now to wrestle with God and just ask, God, is this true? Is this what you are really like? Friends, he is. It is. Perhaps even now you would decide to put your faith in him for the forgiveness of your sins and reconcile you to him. He's a good master. He wants you to be happy. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, God, would you help us believe this? God, this is so counterintuitive to think that happiness comes more from not, not of getting more money but giving it away. 
God, most of us, my guess is that we've experienced that happiness. And yet it's just, it's just hard to keep doing it because it's so easy to put our hope in money. And God, we just ask that you would forgive us. When we, we commit idolatry, we put our hope in money instead of our hope in you. And God, will you free us from that? And will you help us just see your beauty? That you are such a better master. And God, even when we take communion right now, God, would you use this to take this truth and drill it into our hearts that we would believe anew that you are so good. Good enough to die for us when we despised and hated you. And God, because you're good, your way is best, and we would take your, take your commands, we'd put them into practice, and we would find that we're happy and do it so. God, make us generous like you are. For your glory, God, for our happiness. Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Midtown Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this ministry has blessed you. If you would like to support this ministry, you can donate at midtownaustin.org.